and I YouTubed my success into learning how to do reels. Everything I've learned has been from like a YouTube or Google search bar. Mm. And most people don't want to do that. They're like, it's just too hard. I don't know how. It is not hard. It is not brain surgery. (laughs) It is discipline, period. End of story. And if you call it anything else, you're just lying to yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Elevate. This is a podcast for driven real estate professionals, guys. We're here to help you with your business and to try to elevate where you are, from where you are to where you're going. And I am so excited to be here today with Tammy Woodbury uh, with the Clever People EXP. How you doing, Tammy? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here today. Of course. Uh, so I got to tell you, I want to start off before we ask you who you are and, and what you do. Uh, I got to tell you that I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of people in our local market. A lot of your name keeps coming up over and over and over. And so when I when we were kind of doing a little bit of research and trying to figure out who we want to have on and who we want to have, you know, uh, interview, uh, you were at the top of the list. So I was really excited that we could set this up. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing what you know, what you've experienced so far. Uh, I think that this interview is going to have it's going to really help a lot of people. No, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate that. That's very, very kind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, tell us about Tammy. Yeah. So I've been selling real estate for 19 years now. I started when I was six. (laughs) Not really, obviously. Long time. Um, But I have been doing this for a little while now. I started in a hot market, didn't know what I was doing. Too bad. I could have made money if I knew what I was doing. And then I kept through a recession. That was exciting. My husband also got into business at that time as well. I guess he was just a glutton for punishment. Um, And then it was stable. And then we had, you know, all this crazy post-pandemic market. Um, So I've kind of been through all different types of markets. But I, like I said, been doing this for 19 years now. My husband's my partner. We have a team of agents that are really, really awesome. We kind of operate in the whole upstate. So think, you know, Lakes, Go Tigers, Greenville. But still Anderson is where we live. Um, And then we have kids and the cutest dog on the planet. Um, My husband complains because she was free from, like, the animal shelter but she has like special allergies. She just had like a $2,500 knee surgery. She's the most expensive thing on the planet. So (laughs) she takes up my little bit of free time that I have. She is my hobby. And um, that's pretty much where my life has been. That's very cool. Long time Mm -hmm. in the industry. A long time in an industry where that's not common to be in the industry for a long time. I'm just kind of curious before we start, and I know I didn't even set you up for this, but uh, what's probably been the thing that's kept you doing this for so long? I mean, you obviously have a a passion for real estate. You can see it in your videos. If you guys, and what's your uh, Instagram handle? Um, At Tammy underscore Woodbury underscore realtor. Yeah. That when was you, so hard for me to think. I was like, okay. I don't know. Where am I? Uh, it's the same everywhere. It's okay. It, it's so, it's so obvious. Like when you go visit your page, the way you talk about real estate, there's obviously not only an authority to it, but there's also a huge passion behind it. So for you, why, why be in real estate? Why be an agent? Why, why do what you do? Yeah. Um, so I hate when people say this thing about anything because it sounds so generic, but I really do love helping people. My husband laughs even on a, a different level. Like if I know that someone's looking for a job, I'm like, I bet I can help you find it. Cause I know like people and I can connect you. Right. And so I think one thing I saw about real estate, it's an amazing platform to help people really understand what wealth looks like. Um, if you follow Dave Ramsey, any of these great teachers on financials, like you don't have to have been given a million dollars from your family. You make the right real estate choices and the right real estate choices are conservative and you do it over your life. You create wealth that sets you up into retirement, a legacy for your children. And most people are not taught that. Or let's say you go through something in your life, you know, and you need cash. Your home is actually a piggy bank. You know, this is a a small story and I know you didn't ask for a story yet, but last year- 
um, with COVID that lots of people would sell their homes and, you know, they were trying to cash out. Yeah. And there was this one family that came to me and they were super, you know, stressed. They were going to have to leave our town. They were going to a different state for a job and they were like, we got settled and like, they were looking for any silver lining, anything. I said, here's a silver lining. You were really smart with four real estate transactions up to this point in your life. You are cashing out $225,000. You're going to have a nest egg when you go where you're going to, you're going to have a home, you're going to pay off any debt you had and you're going to set yourself ahead. And they're like, I don't know how we didn't process that. But right. if they didn't own homes their whole life, and they were like 42, uh, they would never have had that opportunity to be able to do what they were able to do with that money. And one other little story, I had this girl last year, she bought a home, she actually lived in Greenville, sorry, worked in Greenville, and wanted to live in Anderson, which was a little like far from me, and she's a single mom, and I thought, I don't know how she's gonna do this, she has to be at work at 8 a.m., school, all these things, mm. but she does it. So anyway, she calls me a year later, and she says, Tammy, I feel like a loser, I can't do this home ownership thing, I'm like, is everything okay? I'm like, are the bills okay? And she's like, no, no, I'm doing it fine, but the commute's too hard, and I know you tried to talk me out of it, but it really is. And she's like, I just wish I could have done better. So I need to go ahead and sell my home. I said, listen, you won. If you'd been renting this whole year, you would have nothing to show for it, but she was gonna walk away, and she did with $18,000. What else could she have done for what most people consider a salary? That's right. And a year's time. So when I started really understanding what real estate meant, I became super excited about showing people how they can change their lives with their homes. And also it's lifestyle for us. It's security. It's there's so many things associated with our home and to be a part of that is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. I've been on this kick lately where uh, I've been telling a lot of people when it comes to building a business, fundamentally, one of the biggest things you got to consider is it, you have to, the value that you're kind of bringing to the table has to exceed the price that you're asking people to pay. Right. Yeah. And what you're bringing to the table is massive. Right. And we talk a lot of a lot of times about educating and social media and doing those kind of things, which you're really, really good at. And I want to get to that. But like that, those are very uh, those are very solid examples of how when you're meeting with new clients and when you're helping them through the, the journey of buying and selling real estate, um, that you're able to offer a perspective that they don't have otherwise. Right. Yeah. I was a high school educator for 10 years. I was actually in in the in the building, in the room. I know what's taught and not taught in school and yeah. financial literacy, financial education. It's not taught at all. All. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's huge for you to be able to help people in that way. And that's awesome. Um, all right. So let's get back to you and the clever people. Mm. I'm just kind of curious, 19 years, long yeah. time, yeah. kind of take me through the 19 years. Probably if you could boil it down into just a few very actionable things that could help people, what's been like really central to the growth of your business? Mm. Um, so it's funny you use the word actionable and you and I talked about this privately not too long ago, mm. but one of the most powerful things I ever learned when I was getting into real estate, and this is an industry that's so old and it's always changing. Um, there's a lot of things that are pillars that are true, but there's a lot of things that are just always just, they're, they're never the same. Okay. Right. And I'll come back to that in a second. Um, but the best thing I ever learned that was so powerful is you don't have to get everything right. But when you learn something and you should be learning something on a daily basis, you need to implement it within 60 seconds. So let's say you go and watch something and there are 15 things you can do for building a reel or 15 things for a video or 15 ways to connect with people or 15 types of letters you can send out. You won't do all of them you won't get it right, but do one thing and do it within 60 seconds, even if it's just like writing the script for it or getting it prepared, because that lends itself to other actions. And then what we see is, oh, I had success when I didn't even know what I was doing. So now that I have had success, I want to really dig in here. <laughs> so that's been huge. Um, two, don't be afraid to change. You know, I think about this all the time. Um, in fact, one of our core values is always innovate. And the reason we're the clever people, it's twofold. But one of the reason is we always want to innovate because what I know is when you look at all these big brands, how many big brands did you know that dominated for years and then you're like wait 
I forgot they were a big brand. Where did they go? Like Blockbuster, they laughed when Netflix showed up and said, hey, do you want to know what we're doing? Like, you can have a part of this. And they were like, no, we're the big guys and we know what's going on. And what are you with your weird idea? And now, like, Netflix is teaching everybody in their, like, how many streaming services are there now? Yeah, 100%. I'm on Peacock TV. I'm on everything. I'm like, I don't, I can't do, can I afford another subscription? I don't know. I've got 45 now, right? That's right. And they led the way because they were willing to do something different. So I think the other big thing is not being afraid to try different things in this industry. Um, we are growing. We are changing. People's needs are changing. And I think when you understand that your job is not to sell a house, houses sell themselves. I cannot sell you a 12-bedroom home if you don't want it. That's right. I can't sell you a shack if you don't want it. <laughs> That's right. You, the home is going to sell itself all by itself. But what I can do is learn as a consumer what it is you want. What is your pain point? And that shifts in every market. Like even right now, the number one buyer we have are millennials. Millennials are different. They That's just right. are. That's right. What they want is different. What they see is different. What they need is different. So you have to understand what do consumers want? What do they need to learn? How does it need to be fed to them? What way does it need to be presented to them? And you can't be afraid to change just because you've always done something. And then my my third thing, which is really leans into that, um, every single day with every single thing you do, always ask why. Like, are you doing mm, it because you've always so done it? That's so good. <laughs> yeah. ah, are so you good. doing it because it's serving a purpose? Are you doing it for your ego? What, why are you doing <laughs> yes. it? And if you can't answer it with a really powerful answer, like answer, don't do it anymore. That's or right. Put it on ice. That's right. I, so just there's so much to unpack there. Like it would that was fantastic. That was really good. For to, to your last point, which I think is so important. There, it's funny that when I see people who are starting businesses, they're very confused on what the next step should be. And that's often because they just don't, they, they're not doing things for the right reasons. They're not being self-reflective enough, right? They're not, they're not thinking to themselves, hey, I'm gonna test this thing, but let me, let me test it in a very methodical way. Let me mm -hmm. see what happens. And then let me see, okay, if did that work? Did that not work? If it worked, how do I double down on that and do it better? If yeah. it didn't work, what do we need to change in order to do it better, right? Yeah. And it, it to me, building a business, there is some art there, I'm sure. It's also it's also very much a science, right? Yeah. And I think that's really what you're pushing for here in a lot of ways. And I think that's so smart. I also think that the other thing that you were talking about is like take action. Yeah. Just do, right? To you, I'm curious what you would say about this, because I feel like for so many people, they have to achieve a level of perfection before they feel comfortable. They have to know everything about that thing, right? Mm -hmm. For instance, we're about to get really dig into social media. For so many people, they're like, I really got to know everything there is to know about creating the most perfect reel before I won't feel comfortable going actually creating a yeah. reel, right? Like, speak to that for a second. How, how, how do you break yeah. through that, that tension that a lot of people feel and that need that a lot of people feel to be perfect at something mm -hmm. before they feel comfortable putting it out in the world? Yeah, so I love answering this because everyone, their first thing is always, I don't know enough about the industry and I don't know enough about social media or anything, right? right? And so I love to give this example. There was a girl on our team a few years ago. Um, she had bought and sold real estate and, uh, and she was married. And not that that means anything, but she was married. And so she and her husband had done these things together. Mm -hmm. um, and she gets into real estate. And as we're talking through things, even though she went through real estate school, which honestly doesn't teach you anything about real estate itself, but she had. And we're talking one day and she says to me, how does the buyer agent get paid? And when do they cut the check for them? And I thought, how does an agent who's also bought and sold real estate not know it? And then she goes on to reveal that her husband said it had been worked out, which he knew what it meant, which is weird. They never really discussed it. But on her other two homes that they had sold and purchased, she kept waiting for the buyer agent to say, I need a check. And she was like, I hope we have enough money to pay them. This is awkward. I don't want to ask what that fee is. So I say to all these people who are like, we don't know enough. I'm like, she bought and sold real estate twice. 
Right. And she went to real estate school <laughs> and she didn't know anything about it. So whatever right. you know that you learn from watching your four minute YouTube video is more than most consumers. So have <laughs> confidence, right. put right. it out there. And it doesn't have to be a 20 minute video. If you're nervous, like, you know, do a pretty house in the background, you know, have seven seconds. Like I tell our team all the time, I want you to stay in the mirror. And if you turn four shades of red when you record, I want you to be timing how many seconds before you turn four shades of red. You need to have that many words until you get there and then flip the camera. That's it. And the rest of it can be text overlay for all I care. But just start. And it doesn't have to be a big topic. It can be three words. It could be a carousel where nobody can put you like on the spot and ask you further questions. And they'll say slide in your DM and then go find somebody who knows the answers at that point. That's right. And I tell people all the time, it's okay to say, I will get back to you. Yes. ASAP. Yes. Go find the answer right then. Don't wait around. Don't, 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 because you'll forget, right? If you're yeah. like, hey, I'll do that thing tonight and then I'll get back to it tomorrow. Don't do that because yeah. you'll probably forget. You'll probably be overloaded with other things. Find out the answer and then get back to them immediately, right? Yeah. That's how you build trust and credibility. Even if you don't have to know everything, which That's I think right. is such a big issue and such a big mistake most people make. Yeah. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know. Uh, I heard this thing one time that I just want to share and I think it's really good is that you're most uniquely positioned to help other people who was your former self, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to think back in just the past year, two years, the things that you didn't know, mm -hmm. the other people need help with that thing, right? And you can help them through that. That's such great piece of advice. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. That. All right, so talk to me about social media. How, with the clever people, with your businesses, how has social media kind of fit into your overall marketing strategy? How do you think about it? Yeah, so, for me, social media is a pillar of your business. It's as important as anything else you do. And I think what I've seen for the majority of people in our industry, kind of any industry, it's just another thing that can exist and should exist. But to me, it is honestly the most important thing that you do every single day with consistency because it's your brand. It's who you are. It's what you offer. You know, it's funny when you start any sort of business and you're doing any sort of meeting with a business coach, they'll say to you, what do you do that's different from everybody else? And then honestly, if you're being real transparent and real estate, I mean, what do you do that's different. You unlock that's a door. Right. Everybody unlocks a door. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you can get information online that they can't find. So can every other agent. Like right. that's not special. You can do. Okay. What? Well, what can you do? Okay. Well, what you do that's different is you educate, right? You help them understand different ways of doing things, of different ways of negotiating, different ways of succeeding, different ways of making more money, different ways of whatever it is that they want. So you identify their pain points, and then you put this out on social media. And what sets you apart from everybody else, and the reason you need to do this day in and day out, is you are showing the world what it is that you do that's different from the competition. And here's the thing, it's not even that you're competing against anyone. You are basically creating what I tell people is called your client avatar. And this is revolutionary, because when I got into real estate, we like had dial up internet. It was outrageous <laughs> that I survived like the prehistoric age, right? And so we didn't have this ability. Like, you had to buy a billboard and magazines and that's how people knew you were in business for one thing. So you basically go bankrupt out, out the gate with all this stuff. Um, but two, and this isn't good or bad, this is just a thing. You were gonna take on any client who would call you, you're so grateful, but think about this. Let's say you're like highly analytical and then an engineer calls you and you love it. You guys are best friends forever. That's your sweet spot. But let's say that you're more of an expressive person. That engineer doesn't like you as much and you feel a lot of pressure with them because the questions are asking you, you are not programmed to think like that. Now, can you learn that? Absolutely. Can mm. you grow? Yes. But they're not natural for you. So when you have a business where you're just waiting for your phone to ring, you don't know who you're going to get. 
But when you are on social media educating, I talk the way I talk because I am who I am. And the people who like who I am are drawn to me because people use people they know, like, and trust. So when I'm consistently offering information to the public and I'm teaching them, one, they kind of like me more now and they definitely trust me and people want to use people they know, like, and trust. Well, they feel like they know me because they've seen me all the time. And and really beyond that, it's the people who are going to call me the ones who like me anyway. Like the ones who are like, I don't really like her voice or the way she talks. They're not calling me and that's okay. Right. So there's more joy in my business. I have inadvertently, or now advertently, because I know what I'm doing now, is I'm like targeting my ideal client and I'm calling them into me. Even so much to a point when we talk about like how much of this is a part of your business, a few years ago, um, I had like a like a 46 ratio of sellers to buyers. Um, but at that time, when I say 60% buyers, I had like 40 active buyers. My total buyer count, I remember looking at my spreadsheet, was 82. But there were 40 people, if I could find them at home that day, they were writing a contract. Mm. Even if 40 people only want to see one home one day a week, do you know how many hours that is in a car? It was crushing, right? Even if you have a partner agent, who cares? It's crushing. So at that point, I thought, I really want to shift my ratio because you do have a little bit more control over your schedule with sellers. I really want to be more seller friendly. And I realized inadvertently, because honestly, it's low hanging fruit. All of my content was very buyer related. So I was like, I'm just going to test this. For a little while, I'm not going to talk about buyers or buying or interest rates or how to do it or the smart way or how do you look at home. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I'm just going to talk about seller stuff. And my business, like overnight, flipped a switch. Interesting. Almost all sellers. And so the point with this is the reason I say that it's so powerful, and we use it every single day on our team, and I use it in my own business all the time, is you control your business with your presence online. Mm. You control the client you're going to have. You control the paycheck you have. You control the, the type of earning potential you're going to have, whether you're focusing on luxury, whether you're focusing on first time home buyers, whether you're focusing on investors. When you create a cadence and you're consistent, those people know and they tell people about you. It is a daily call that I get that someone will call me to say, come list my home or let me work with you as a buyer. And I'll say, hey, how did you get my information? Oh, I've been following you for years on social media. Hmm. And I'll go back and look and I'm like, I don't know these people. Sure enough, they are. And, And they'll tell me when we're together. Oh, I know what you're going to say about getting my home ready. I've watched those four videos and they will recite to me their next steps. My job is so easy. I'm not having a weird, awkward conversation because on video, guess what? You're on the offense. You're not on the defense. You're not awkwardly telling them their home smells like four dogs. You don't have to do that. Like you talked about it. I have a dog and I told the sad story of my dog and all the things I did to my house to like de-dog proof smelling it, you know? And so they know. And so they're not offended. Like our house smells like a dog, right? We know it smells like a dog, but we saw what we need to do and we're willing to do that awesome. So it makes like your whole job easier too. So when you're like, how do we use it? Every single day we use it. We do, we do different things with it. You know, sometimes carousels perform well, cool. Use a carousel. Sometimes it's a reel because you want them to see a funny side of you or read something easy. Sometimes it's a longer form video. Sometimes it's a home tour. You can do whatever strategy you want, but the point is just use it, use it every day. It's the most important thing you do. If you run out of time for other stuff, don't run out of time for your presence online. Oh gosh, there's so much to talk about. So first off my, my, the first question I have in my head, you're talking about making your job easier. Mm-hmm. When you started really leveraging the power of social media, I'm just curious when you shifted from talking to buyers to talking to sellers, what did those listing appointments look like, right? Like when you walked in, you talk about making your job easier. I'm just curious, how, were you received any differently? You know, when you were having those, when you're sitting across the table and you were going through those, your natural pitch, what you're talking about and how you're showing them, how you're going to help them, those kind of things. How, how did that change? Talk to oh, me about yeah. that. It was a ton because honestly, 
I go back to, they feel like they trust you. You know, when you go into a listing presentation blind, or even if like your grandma's cousin told them about you, they don't know you yet. So one, you, there's a natural amount as an agent of trepidation, and you don't know how free you are to be honest right. about the market, the price, their home, what it needs, because you don't want to offend them either. This is their baby. This is yeah. their home, right? Yeah. This is they, they leave their spouses or their family, whomever, every day to go make money to pay for this puppy. And you're going to come in here with on your you know shining horse and tell them what they need to do, and maybe they don't like those things. So when you have been building this equity with them online that you are not even aware that you're building and they're watching, they're hearing these things. And when you come in, they feel like, I think she knows what she's doing already. And so I just trust her. And and they bring up things from the videos. And they're like, so does this apply to us as well? And I'm like, hey, that's a really good question. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, that is a general statement. But let's talk about how that works out for your home. They ask me, they open up the door for me to have awkward conversations, and then they're just ready to hear it. Uh, So when I say it has changed how those presentations go, all of the stuff I used to have to do, the dog and pony show, I still have things I put together. But my presentations look very different now because when I come in, even if it's like they didn't see my video, their cousin that told them about me told them about the four things I said in this video. Mm. Like all the time when I will like trace back, it will be someone shared or tagged a video of me and like tagged them in it and they watched it and that's why they ended up calling me. I had a girl I met with last night. I ended up selling her home um, this past year. And actually when she called me out, she said that she was going to list with her friend who had gotten a real estate, a really close friend. And she's like, but I just have been watching too much of your stuff. And I feel like I might be making a mistake. If not, can I ask you about four things you said in your video? Um, And she asked me about them. And as I expounded upon them, I didn't have to convince her on pricing or that I was the best agent. She said, I feel like I love my friend. It's going to be a hard conversation, but I feel like I would leave money on the table if I didn't use you. Um, So I didn't have to pitch her on anything. When I came in, I was like, hey, don't even tell me who your friend is. I don't even want to know who they are. (laughs) Like, I don't want to feel like it's a competition, but let me just answer your questions. Right. I mean, I mean, I guess if you were, if you were to say this to any 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 other agent that's listening to this right now, you're basically saying, hey, do you want to know how to be able to go to your listing appointment and basically pull out the contract and just have it signed, yeah. right? That's what you're saying, right? Because yes. I, I, I know so many agents who, talking about the dog and pony show, like, mm-hmm. man, they get so nervous. Because you're right. One of the biggest challenges I see of, of agents is when they walk into any meeting, no matter what it's for, no matter what it is, they're always thinking to themselves, how do I not offend this person? Yeah. How, how do I how do I not make this person feel uncomfortable? How do I not tell this person what they don't want to hear, right? <laughs> right? But if you've done that work and you've leveraged that time and you've leveraged social media mm-hmm. to get that information out there, it makes everything so much easier when you walk into that appointment. I'm yeah. so glad that you said that. And I think yeah. that's so true. Okay. So I think this gets into our next thing, which I knew, I think we, this is a huge misconception in my head when most people are approaching social media, no matter what industry they're in, no matter what kind of a business they have, it's the idea of lead generation versus lead nurturing, right? Mm-hmm. Most people think that they're doing lead generation mm-hmm. when in reality it's lead nurturing. Can you kind of talk to me about your philosophy on this? How, how do you, how do you think about this? How do you yeah. approach it? So when I say the word nurture, the first two images that come to my mind, it might be different for someone else, but I think of a mom and a baby. Sorry. I mean, I can think of a dad. No, no, I'm not offended. It's okay. (laughs) But think of a mom and a baby. And when you think of like a mom nurturing, what do they do? They feed the baby. They hug the baby. They care for the baby. They bathe the baby. They change the baby's diaper. The baby does nothing for them. They just nurture the baby. They do good things for the baby. That's it. Right. And social media is nurturing. There will be generation that, wait, that's not lead generation as a result of that. Mm. But the nurturing is all you're focused on. 
you will get the business, but do not do it because you think you're going to get a call from it. Again, it follows. Your whole goal is not to say, please call me to come sell or buy your home or whatever. That's not the goal. Please don't say that in your video. If you want to like stick it into a caption way at the bottom, they're probably never going to scroll to you. By all (laughs) means, do that. But your goal is to give, to nurture, to uh, encourage, to, you know, get them to take a next step in their thought process. That's the only goal. And I think that when people realize that their goal is to give and not to receive, that's also received by the public. And then they want to work with you. Yeah. I heard this thing one time that if you're giving with the intention of receiving, that's not giving, you know, like that's, that's not fundamentally what that is. You're giving with no intention of getting anything out of it. That's true giving. I think people can sense that too. You know, you mentioned when you came in, um, that, uh, what you've seen people do often is basically throw up a business card, right? Mm -hmm. They're basically taking a billboard and they're putting it uh, on their social profile. I want to get a little tactical here, right? Because this is essentially what you're talking about. You're talking about the nature of lead, uh, lead nurturing, and you're basically telling people, "Hey, don't don't ask for the don't ask for the sale, right?" Yeah. Um, and I think there's a Gary Vaynerchuk thing where it's like, uh, "Was it punch, punch, punch?" Right? Jab, oh, jab, jab, right, jab, jab. Hook, that's right, jab, hook. jab. Yeah, it's yeah. so the same thing. Yeah. So like, and that's essentially kind of what we're talking about here. Um, you're maybe even proposing not even throw that right hook for mm-hmm. a, a good while, right? Mm-hmm. Can you kind of let's get kind of in the weeds? Let's get a little tactical with it, yeah. uh, just for a second. Like when it comes to getting those posts out there, you mentioned earlier carousels. If it's working, make it work. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, if you're doing a post with a photo, do that. Um, moving into video, if, if you're trying to do reels and do those kind of things, like test and see how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. For you, what are you focused on right now? Like in your business, what are you trying to do more of? What are you trying to get better at? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, what do you see sticking more than others? Um, the statistics, whoa, statistics, flip real, <laughs> say video. And actually, I'm not even going to try to tell my percentage because like you're a video guy, so you will say that if you want to. Um, but the percentage of the people who respond to video is outrageous right now. And this is like what I tell my team. So if you know the world of real estate, there are so many different ways you can get business. Like maybe you can do a mass mailer to a subdivision, okay? But you're going to sit by your phone and hope that it rings at some point, right? Mm. Um, there's all kinds of things. You, you can drop off business card places, like you can like go to like a networking event. You can do all these things, right? But if I am sitting and waiting, like for instance, I did a mailer for a different reason several months ago and I'm surprised this guy kept it and then his neighbor who lived out of state called me about, you know, whatever. It was like six months after I sent that. If I was sitting waiting on that call, I would starve to death. And so what we tell our team is like, you know, right now real estate is a contact sport. So it's as much contacting as you can do as quickly as possible. Video delivers that really quick, very intense, gets people to respond, gets people to engage. Everything else is just so slow and honestly outdated. And so Mm. when we think about what works the best, carousels, like the algorithm does like them. But a lot of the other stuff, unless you really nail it, um, just it doesn't perform as well online. So you're just slowing your results. So yeah, if you get really, really good with reels and you know your trending audio and you nail your hashtags, you got the waterfall strategy down. If that doesn't mean anything to you, then don't worry about it. Then that is not where you're going to go right now. Mm-hmm. But if you do, then kill that. And if you have really figured out, you know, your carousel post and you know how to like do really good clickbait, go with that. But if you can really put yourself out there on video and say, and do all those things that happen in both of those and hashtag and do all that you've got the most traction it's super quick like here's always my thought process we only have like what is that quote like i have the same 24 hours in my day as beyonce does right and she's the (laughs) queen right (laughs) that's so good but you have to use those hours well so for me it's like why would i spend two hours doing a mailer if i know i just pick up the phone and call 12 people and one of them's going to say yes to me right so that's how video is Mm. like i want to figure that out because i could do all this other stuff but it's just 
kind of slow. And so we've got to, you know, create momentum in our businesses. How do we help more people faster? Well, we've got to get in front of them. That's a, that's, so, that's so well said. When you, let's talk about video. Let's kind of hang out there for just a second. What kind of video are you doing? Like what, what, what do you, what do you enjoy working on right now when it does come to video? Are you doing kind of the talking head educational videos? Are you, um, are you trying to be more creative with what you're doing in the homes when you're doing the tours? Um, are you trying to give more behind the scenes kind of footage of like, what's the daily, what's the daily going on at the clever people is like, yeah. like what, what are you trying to get uh, out there? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So I think, you know, one educational is like the biggest component because those are the things like, you'll see me running in the background and maybe you see a caption, you're like, oh, Tammy's doing another real estate video. And that's fine even if you just don't watch it because at least what I'm doing is I'm creating an impression that I sell real estate without Stay saying, top of mind. I sell real estate. Mm. I read recently that you're supposed to have 30 touch points with your sphere. First of all, I don't know that I could like have 30 touch points with anybody. Like my husband, like that's a lot. (laughs) We live in the same house. And so, you know, if you're out there at least rolling with this and your algorithm's strong, at least they're seeing that. And that's just, they don't forget what you do. Um, But then if you are in the mindset that you want to buy or sell, then you're a sponge for all this stuff because you're ready. And so that information is very, very valuable to you. So that's why I want to put that out. Home tours, honestly, that's just like, like high end clickbait. Um, But for my home tours, I want them to be different. You know, you see people have cool images and I like all that too, but what we're really trying to do for a buyer that's different right now is, you know, I, I meet with some sellers and it's very true. And it, for years we would have to say, sorry, it doesn't matter. Let's say there's three homes in the same subdivision. The other two are mostly identical. And so honestly, this third home that you're about to put on the market, it should be priced like the same price as the others. Cause it's kind of the same thing. But the seller, when they talk to you like, yeah, well, well their lot was like 0.46, but mine's 0.52 of an acre. And their home was like 1746 square feet, but mine's like 1850. And then like they had like a chain link fence, but I had like a privacy fence. And mm. so what we know as a buyer doesn't care. Right. It's not really worth anything, right? And like we comp it out, it doesn't mean anything. But when you do a video and you start talking about lifestyle and what the seller invested in and the type of privacy fence that's there and you don't see your neighbors around anywhere and a lot of people can see their neighbors in here but not you and do you know you have the biggest lot in the subdivision? Things that people will scroll past the remarks that they don't create value. Now you've created value for the buyer. You've better insulated your seller but also you've created value for the buyer. Maybe they were going to scroll past that home before and they're like, oh, I never thought about that. Like that is, that's in the school system we want to be in. It's our budget. It's the only home that backs up to the woods. All the others back up to other people. All right, we said we don't want to live there because they're on top of each other but this one's not. Let's go take a look at it. Mm. So you're just opening people's eyes to things that are not so obvious to them. And that is the purpose, I think, of a home tour video, at least the way that we use it. So those are the two large ways we use it. Don't really do behind the scenes too much, but um, I don't know what it would cost for you to follow me around. Uh, I don't think I could sure. afford you for that. So I haven't sure. figured that out yet, but that'd be a really cool thing to do too. Yeah. Well, I, I want to kind of, you, you were mentioning this, you were talking about this in, in your response. You didn't outright say it though. I think you're very, you're really good at storytelling. Mm. Like even during this conversation, you've given me probably a good four or five stories that really drive home the point that you're trying to make. And you're talking about the different, the differences between the homes, the differences between the fences, right? Mm-hmm. The facts, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. The stories people care about very much, yeah. right? So I'm curious, like, how do you approach your listings and how do you approach your the information that you're giving out there on social media? How do you approach it from a more of a story-based mm-hmm. uh, idea? Yeah, so I want to tell a story all the time because the reality is, if I start talking about supply and demand and all this stuff, you're right. like, I... 
I feel like I should know what that is. We did we talk about that in the eighth grade? And then like if you're real brainy, you know what it means, right? But then everybody else is like, but I don't understand tactically what that means. Let's just scroll past it. But when I tell you about a story of somebody's broom and how somebody paid an extra $45 for a broom because it was the last one in the store and there were all this stuff that had happened downtown and they were trying to help this little old lady and you understood that they paid an extra $45 for a broom that it wasn't worth because it was the only one in the store. Okay, I get supply and demand now. 100%. And so anytime you can tell a story, it just helps people relate. And I think that's the biggest thing. We talk about our goal as agents is to find a person's pain point. Yeah. But when you put it in big principles, they don't understand. When you're like, the interest rate has gone up. I don't know what that means. Hey, it's gone down. I don't know what that means. When you say, hey. So I'll tell you a story. I was with a girl last week. And there was a mortgage. This is exactly what happened. And she was approved for a lot of money, but to keep her payments where she wanted to, she needed to shop at 165000 And that's her payment. And we would look at the homes that were 165000 and honestly, they weren't nice. And mm. she just didn't feel safe in them, meaning like she thought she was going to place the roof and just a lot of issues with them. So I was talking to her and I'm like, hey, let's talk a little bit about your mortgage. So you have a mortgage that looks like this, but did you know there's a bank out there that has no money down and no PMI? And so we could actually push your budget up 20 grand, but your payments stay exactly the same. That's how you tell them about that mortgage. 100%. Because all of a sudden now she's like, wait, my payments don't change. And, and guess what? We found her home $20,000 higher in price. And so when you give those examples and people are like, wait, so there's a loan out there that does what? I don't have to say no money down, no PMI. Who knows what that means? Nobody. You put that in the bottom in case somebody wonders if there's like a catch. But you tell that story and they're like, can you tell me about that? Like, what is that? So we use stories so people can align themselves with that because usually they're going to understand when someone's like them. And the reality is there's so many stories that are so similar. People yeah. realize that. We're all the same people. We all have the same misconceptions. We all have the same checking accounts at some point in our lives. And so we're all going to go through the same thing. So if you figure out these stories and you share those stories and people relate. I So well said. So well said. And I think that the last thing that you just said is also really important, which is like take the time to figure them out, right? Like that's really important because I, I can, I can see a lot of people watching this right now or listening to this right now. And they're thinking to themselves, I'm just not a good storyteller, right? Like I'm not good at it. Being a good storyteller is a skill mm -hmm. and like any skill you can improve. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it really is just this, it, it's, it's this center point between spending enough time on it and then mm -hmm. kind of like intentionally working on things. Yeah. When you do those two things together, time versus energy, right. You get better. Yeah. And I think that so, so many people just kind of dismiss. They're like, well, that Tammy, that's awesome for Tammy. Cause Tammy's great at it. Like she's, right. she's an amazing storyteller. I spend all the time. I went and got drinks with her last night and she's like telling me stories about how her week went. Mm -hmm. She's a great storyteller, but there's so many other people out there who don't think that they can do that, but that's not true. Yeah. They can, they very much can do yes. that. And I would argue that any person who's in sales of any kind, right, which is what this industry is in, in some respects, like it, it really does come down to how good of a storyteller you can be when you get into yes. those appointments. So yes. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I'm so glad you talked about that. I'm curious what you're going to say about this. We had a conversation about this kind of last week, which is uh, when it comes to social media, when it comes to on your online presence, and then really this doesn't have to just be social media. This could be everything, right? Your mm -hmm. website, your, your Facebook, Instagram, like um, YouTube, the videos you're producing, the, the, the visual content from the graphics that you probably made in Canva and then threw up there. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean to build an online reputation? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to, I, I, I usually think of it like creating a digi digital fingerprint mm -hmm. of who you are in real life. Cause that is definitely something that I have a lot of trouble with. I will, 
I will be introduced to a person online through their online content. And then I meet them in real life and I'm like, oh wait, that's not, <laughs> that's not the same person, right? And I think that you always want to have, obviously online, you want to prevent, you want to present your most professional front. Of yeah. course, like everybody does. That's not a bad thing. But what I'm suggesting is like, if the nature of your content online mm -hmm. doesn't align with kind of who you are, how you normally act, how you normally talk online, then there's obviously a big problem there, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think about that? Do you, or is that something that you're kind of in the mode of, of considering right now? That's such a great question. So for me personally, um, you know, I've always thought it's just easier to be me um, mm. and they're going to meet me at some point. So better be me. Yeah. Um, so that was easy for me to say. But, you know, when you when I talked to our team members for them, they were like, OK, fine, but I feel uncomfortable. And so I was at a conference a couple years ago and I told them the story where there were three really lead video people at the time um, with channels with like, a, yeah, I don't even know what a huge following. It was like more than 100,000 followers, big followings. like yeah, big yeah. followings, way more than my four, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so there were these two females that were like highly dynamic and they're funny and you know, they're just easy to watch. And then there was this guy and um, I almost want to say his name because I want everyone to follow him, but he was like real dry, kind of serious and like a little jittery on the stage. And he said, here's what I want you to know. He's like, my content is not nearly as dynamic of them, but then they pull up his page, thousands of followers, tons of comments and almost all of his business, which is very lucrative is from his YouTube video channel hmm. and his other forms. But this is the point that he made. Everybody has people who like them more. Yes. And they follow you. Yes. And then when people, it doesn't matter how, how great even your content is. I mean, he had good information, but just didn't have that same pizzazz. Yes. But he said, but when they're really wanting to buy or sell, they're going to dive in. They're going to watch your playlist like they're like binge watching something, yes. right? And if you're the voice that they like to hear and they, you know, consume content the way you present it, then that's going to appeal to them. Yes. So for me, like my thing is, is be authentic to myself, make it consistent because whether I'm him or them, those two women, I am me and those people that I want to work with me will. Yeah. And so as long as I'm the same person every place, I'd rather be unpolished and be the same person than for it to be perfect. You know, like I'm late to my videos. Like I've had videos before, like alarms go off and I didn't have my do not disturb on. I'm tardy Tammy. Nobody was shocked <laughs> that I'm like, I got to go to appointment. Sorry. Point number four tomorrow. Bye. Like right. nobody who knows me, like I get text messages immediately. Like that is the most you think I've ever seen. And I'm like, well, you know, real life, that's what it is. And it, and it becomes enduring, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's actually one of those things that, yeah, yeah, it's so true. And and it's funny because, you know, when you talk, I, I heard it say like this, like Pepsi and Coke, whether you like Pepsi, whether you like Coke, it's real subjective, right? right? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, they're both great. Mm -hmm. And as a small business owner of any sorts, and again, any industry, because social media, this applies to anybody and everybody. But at the end of the day, like most people, I think the issue that most people have when they're starting out with social media is that they feel like there's a right and a wrong and there's not, mm -hmm. there's not, there's a you, right. Mm -hmm. And making sure that that you is in alignment and presented in, in a professional way, of course. Right. right? But pre presented in a pro pro professional way, you're going to find the audience who resonates with you. That's right. Right. And those are the people you want to work with anyway. That's right. Like that's the thing, right? That's like right. you don't want to, you don't want to work with somebody who, who doesn't align with, you know, mm -hmm. what you believe and what you value and, and what you, uh, what you love. You want to work with those people that, 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 uh, that resonates with that. That's so right. I think that's awesome. Um, all right. So talk to me just a little bit about the market right now. Uh, this is, we're going, we're going to kind of move away from social media a little bit. Talk to me about like, how, how are you guys, uh, you and your team and, and the clever people, how are you helping people through kind of what is a very scary time for the average kind of home buyer, home seller? Mm -hmm. 
So you kind of already told my story for me. So one, you said not talk about social media, but one, that is a big thing. Like I told True. our team, like we're in this because we're going to, we're going to combat the headlines. You know, you probably have heard this, but you know, media is designed to terrify, not clarify, mm. you know, also talk about, you know, the fed rate went up and they say it cause they want you to be like the interest rate went up. They're not the same thing. So every time I hear that line, the fed rate went up, I'm like, all right guys, let's talk about the fed rate. Let's talk about the interest rate. Let's talk about all these things and what they really mean. And let's also talk about the truth of what the Mortgage Bankers Association said. Who cares who they are? But the bottom line is your rate's not going to change for this year. That's what you need to hear from me. Or, by the way, do you know the market slowed a little bit right now? You know, sellers are paying closing costs. What if you got them to buy down your interest rate? Then you know what? Bam. You've got last year's interest rate hmm. right now because right. you got them to do it. So getting that information out there is still where we're hyper-focused right now because when people hear anything on the news, whether it was pre-COVID, COVID, now they're just taking the headlines like the number of people who right. like, report back to me there's a housing crisis foreclosures are terrible they're all coming and all of our home values are going to go down i'm like but actually if you saw the number of forecasted foreclosures they are fewer than 2019 which was a banner year in real estate if everybody today that was pending foreclosure went in it's still fewer homes than in 2019 and we were not scared and property values were not going down in 2019 it was the best year we'd ever had so it's just creating that awareness and knowledge so that's really where we're pivoting right now and then, like you said, telling stories. And we go to meet with buyers or sellers because it's all the time. I'm hosting an open house a couple weeks ago. These people are coming in. Every buyer that's coming up, this home's $895,000. Educated people in this room. They've bought and sold lots of real estate. They still just like live on the CNN news sticker, right? You right. can tell Fox News. Somebody told them something. You're like, okay, so we've heard this five times this week. Right. And they're each coming up to me. It was very interesting. So this one couple first comes up and they're like, so what are your predictions on the housing market? Like it's going to burst soon, right? Like they, that's like like the all-time favorite line right now. <laughs> and so like, as I'm talking to him and I tell stories because a story, here's another reason why I tell stories. They're anecdotal and they don't feel personal to someone else. You're not like, I'm telling you something, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so let me tell you a story of what happened. Let me tell you where I was last week. Let me tell you how this That's played true. out. And it's so a very like, inoffensive yes. way or inoffensive yes. way to, 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 to help somebody through That's something. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so I'm, I'm telling the story and I watch, there's like nine couples in the home. They're like slowly like coming up into the kitchen area and they're all hearing it and having their opinions. And as they're all talking, they're like, you know, we, we didn't really know that about this, this, and this. And we didn't really understand that all those things impacted. And even just saying something simple like, hey, you keep hearing the word recession, everyone's scared. A recession and housing crisis are not synonymous. Do you know from the last four out of the six recession, home values went up? Hmm. So let's talk about the times when they didn't go up. Okay, well, let's talk about those indicators. Okay, we don't have any of those right now. Hmm. So we would need those for that housing crisis to occur. So just, you know, spending time in listing presentations with buyers. And we call when we're like prospecting on the phone. Or talking to people. Have you ever thought about selling your home? Well, Tammy, yeah, but we're not going to do it right now. Interest rates are super high. And also, I heard property values are going down. I don't want to lose any money in my house. Well, tell me where you heard that. Tell me a little bit about your like where you've been exposed to this information. Because I want to share something with you. But I want to learn a little bit first from you and what you've heard. So it's just that. Telling stories, talking to people about it, educating them. Whether it's on video, whether it's here. It was great. Yesterday, someone reached out to me. And the question she asked, I said, I'm so glad you asked this question. I said, this is always a hard thing to answer. But I actually did a video about this on Facebook this morning. So mm -hmm. I answered her question there, talked to her about it. And then later on that night, I guess she'd gone to my Facebook. She wasn't following me yet. Watched it. And I guess it then even felt like even less personal because I recorded it way before she messaged me. Right. And so she's like, okay, all this makes so much sense now. Let's go this way that you said, because I get it now. Yeah. When well, uh, fundamentally you're empowering them to be able to make, yeah. and to be able to make a choice, yes. right? To, yes. to get rid of the fear, put, take the emotion out of it and to make a choice based on what are the real facts That's right, right? that are in front of them. And I love that. I'm curious what you would say to this. And, and I don't mean to push you on this too hard, but you know, I think one of the interesting things about 
new agents that are coming in and they they literally just passed the test. They literally just found the, the brokers they want to hang their hat on, right? They're sitting there thinking, okay, so obviously, because there is a lot of fear out there, right? Yeah. I, I don't have those experiences. I don't have those stories, mm-hmm. right? How do I with almost no experience? Because for, you know, for you, you've been doing this for 19 years, mm-hmm. right? Like you've, like you saw 2008, you saw 2009, you, you, ex, you've yeah. been through this, like, this is an old hat for you to some extent mm-hmm. for the people who are just coming in for the first time. I mean, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they approach it? And obviously you've already given lots, lots of great advice. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Like, I think that there's a lot of fear for new agents that says, I'm not sure how to approach this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing? Like, would you change your advice for a new agent? No. Um, so there's different ways you could go about being able to do what I'm going to say next one. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you've had your own real estate experiences and you can share those. There's a girl who just joined our team and she talked about three bad things that happened when she went to buy a home mm. and things that she wished now that she knew it was possible that her agent had done for her. So I'm like, those are your stories mm. and they're very personal and you share that it was your story and that's how you're going to connect with your buyer. Mm. Um, so one, use your own stories. Two, maybe it's just a career story where you realize things, you know, about, you know, life. Like every story doesn't have to be a house. It could be like, hey, I needed to figure out how could I pay off X debt? And I'm talking to my agent and I realize, hey, I've got this in my money in my piggy bank house. You know, so it doesn't always have to be like, you know, I walked into someone's house and that was a story. Great when you get there. Um, if you're on a team, this is what I tell my team all the time. We, we have a daily meeting and we share stories. So, hey, on our team this week, I need to tell you about a story that happened because they don't know how close you are or are not to that client. True. Use those stories. Talk to your broker. Your broker, I hope, probably has sold homes. Like what stories they have, you know, but I think what you hit on and what I think most agents don't know and won't do. Um, so much of our job is going to be research, but it's not the kind of research people think it's going to be. And so, like, if you don't have those stories, who out there will help you understand them? And you can ask some questions and learn from them, and then they become part of your arsenal until you have your own unique stories, and then you tell those until then. And there's, I think most people aren't going to care whether you say, hey, I had this experience right. with a seller, or, hey, there was another agent that I just talked to this morning yeah. in our office that had this experience with a buyer. I mean, that degree of separation isn't going to matter to anybody. Still having the story is immensely powerful. Tammy, this has been amazing. So uh, the final question I want to ask you is this. Uh, If you, uh, what, what is the one thing that you feel like holds really most agents back from really building the successful business of their dreams, right? Mm. Like what's, what's, if you had to boil it down to one thing, what would that one thing be? I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Um, I love, I don't love, because actually my personality, I'm like, I, you know, am like kind, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by nature, but like when they're like, what is the one thing I need to do? And I'm like, okay, can I give you like the normal Tammy answer or can I give you the kind of answer that you might want to talk about me behind my back? So the answer that might make you want to talk about me behind my back is that when people say things are hard, I'm like, the things you just told me were hard. Well, fighting cancer is hard. Losing a loved one is hard. Waking up early to do research is not hard. Going into vacant homes when you're a new agent for four hours a day is not hard. Getting on the phone for five hours a day when you have nothing else in your schedule is not hard. <laughs> thinking that you need to time block and Preach. not thinking it's flexible <laughs> is not hard, but it's a discipline. Yeah. And I think the thing that people don't know about real estate, if I can say this, um, when you see like HGTV and what most, everybody, what I thought, you see like billboards and stuff, it looks like a very sexy industry. But it's not. It's very boring. It's very old. And it's a grind. (laughs) And that's it. And so your video that you saw them do that looks so awesome, that was 20 minutes of their day. Or maybe they spent a day shooting, but the other 30 days they were on a phone 
they're grinding, they're figuring out systems for emails. I've got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I've got goosebumps because I think I think you're you're hitting it on the head. Because yeah. I have experienced so many other industries where it, this is a common thing, mm-hmm. right? You get into it thinking that what you're going to be doing and spending your time doing is sexy, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to love this. My days are going to be amazing. But the reality is, 90% of your time is yeah. going to be spent doing the things that are not yeah. fun. That you hate. That you hate. Like to this day, 19 years in, I hate making my daily phone calls. Right. Not like to clients I know, but like random prospecting. I still don't like doing it. I still like, I can do anything in front of anybody else, but I make my calls like in a dark room because I'm like, I don't want anybody to hear this. I know how to make phone calls, but I still, I've like got to psych myself up for it. It yeah. will never become fun for me, <laughs> but it's a necessary evil. It must occur. I have to do it. Right. And I think too, like when we think about the things that we want to do, like when we talk about research, like I don't, I think like people think like, I don't know what they think, like I'm a brain surgeon, but I'm like, the first time I went to do a reel, I opened it up and I'm like, it can't be that hard. And I was like, um, wait, where does the music come from? And then they have words that popped up and like, how did they time it? And I remember closing it being like, okay, let me look at my calendar and figure out when I can do this. So I looked at my calendar and the only opening I had was the next morning at 3.30. So at 3.30 the next morning, I got my phone out and I got my computer and I opened up YouTube and I opened up my Reels app. And I went to YouTube and I'm like, how to do a Reel, how to add words, how to caption, how to do whatever, how to find trending audio. Because I'd heard these words I didn't know how to do. And I YouTubed my success into learning how to do Reels. Everything I've learned has been from like a YouTube or Google search bar. Mm. And most people don't want to do that. They're like, it's just too hard, I don't know how. It is not hard, it is not brain surgery. (laughs) It is discipline, period, end of story. And if you call it anything else, you're just lying to yourself. And so if you want to make the paycheck and you want to have the success and you want to build a career and you want to have momentum, what are you willing to give up? A little bit of sleep to go on YouTube and learn how to do something. It's not that hard. (laughs) And if you do one weird one time, it's okay. Like my kids sometimes are like, what did you do? And did you know what the audio said? I'm like, oh, mom's in the wild. Sorry, I didn't know. I won't do it again. (laughs) But you know, you got to get out there and do it. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, how willing are you to be disciplined with your time? And with, like we said, if if social media is it, and if getting your name out there is it, stop saying that I got stuck in my transactions. I didn't have time to do my social media. Well, did you get up at five and get ready? And did you shoot the video at seven before your phone started blowing up? No, it's not fun. And you're like, well, I'm not good at it. It takes me longer. Okay, did you get up at six and get dressed and start doing it at six until right. you got good at it? Then you could do it at seven. And then you got an assistant. You could do it at eight. Whatever. You grow in your business. But like, what adjustments are you willing to make right now that will send your business further? But it's a discipline. I love it. Oh, gosh. I, we, we honestly could not have ended yeah. this episode on, on, a, on a better note because I think it's so true. Uh, for really anybody, any business owner out there, for any entrepreneur that's out there, I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that their daily actions are not aligned with their goals or rather their goals are not aligned with their daily actions. Right. And fundamentally, yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to require some patience, but if you do the right things enough times, you'll get what you want. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Tammy, like this has been amazing. Uh, Share with us and share with everybody out there. Where can people find out more information about you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and I make it easy to find my phone number and Facebook and you can email me, call Skywrite, you know, like I'm everywhere. Like I think if you search my name, it's easy to find me. And if they want my handle, it's just my first name, last name and realtor. It's the same everywhere, I think. Unless it's not, if not someone ping me on that because I'm supposed to brand appropriately, I'm supposed to be the same everywhere. That's amazing. (laughs) Tammy, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Hopefully this was really helpful to you in your journey of building a business. If you liked what you heard, please click subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us out tremendously when we're producing, hopefully, content of huge value to you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you soon.